0: Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Knowledge Panel show, where today we'll be talking about what creative content works best for SEO. So I have a brilliant set of guests today. I have Armani, Kirsty, Hope and Iona. I'm going to let them introduce themselves and give you a bit of insight into uh where they're coming from from this uh for this conversation today so armani can we start with you
1: yeah hello i'm armani i am digital pr manager at clicky media prior to that i was senior digital pr manager at rise at seven and i've held a number of roles across digital marketing for the past few years from seo content to organic social um, so a nice smorgasbord of knowledge i'm really excited to be chatting to you all today brilliant and kirsty
2: Hi, Uh, I'm kirsty Lee Noonan. I'm currently uh, part of the digital PR team at Evolved Search based in Newcastle. Um, And I also do a bit of creative ideation on the side, um, just as a consultant. And yeah, just have a bit of a digital PR and general digital marketing background um, to bring to this today.
0: Awesome.
3: Hope? Uh, So hi, my name's Hope. I'm an SEO manager at an agency called Symmetrical based in London. Um, So I've got primarily SEO experience from a lot of research, uh, content strategy development, and also wider technical SEO knowledge as well. I've worked on lots of sort of content strategy and content heavy clients like publishers like ITV News and The Scotsman and also uh, places like The Beano as well. So content's really my bread and butter when it comes to SEO knowledge. Love that.
4: And Iona. Hi, I'm Iona. Um, I work as a creative at Neomam Studios. My entire job is solely around ideation. It's what I specialise in. Um, I've worked in the past at agencies like SEO Travel and Rise at Seven, um, purely in digital PR. And before that I did a lot of marketing, bits of copywriting, email marketing, that kind of thing. But now I specialise in ideation.
0: Brilliant. So we have pretty diverse set of guests in terms of where we're coming to this conversation from, I would say sort of on the spectrum of technical to just uh, creative and every- everything in between, um, which hopefully should make for a really good uh, discussion. So I'm going to start off very broad and very, uh, you know, it might seem obvious, but I think actually even at this stage we might have some different ideas what do we mean by creative content what does that mean in terms of seo what does it mean in terms of being in an agency for your clients when people are asking you for creative content what what does that actually mean to you guys
2: so i kind of always caveat that creative content isn't just words but it's also not just nice pictures and maps and that sort of thing it's a bit of a um an amalgamation of everything. Um, so you can have data and you're looking at that in a creative way. You can have, um, you know, just a trend and you're looking at that like, in a slightly different way. I think creativity is more just something a little, a little bit more original or a little kind of different in, in the way that you're looking at it so even if it's something that someone else has done before say like an index to do with the best countries to visit in summer or something like that like something really really basic if you're bringing something original to that if you've got like a unique start if you've got a nice way of visualizing that data or the content that you're kind of putting together i think that's creative content it doesn't have to just be words on paper or a picture like it's A little bit of everything, it's just your own preference, I guess, and what works best for your brand.
1: Definitely no one size fits all when it comes to creativity, and that's what makes creativity so special. Um, I feel like it's just anything that kind of breaks the mould or goes against the norm, um, whether that's of something that your industry does or something creative execution for your brand. Um, it can be any of those things. Um So it's really hard to define. It's even harder to quantify, but it's just one of those things that when you see it, you recognize it instantly.
4: Yeah. I think for me, creative SEO content, it can be so many different things at once. So I work in digital PR. So mainly when I'm thinking of creative content, I'm thinking of creative content that gets links, that increases brand awareness, that gets traffic that specifically, but I think creative SEO content can be Lots and lots of other things. So, for example, you can have Pinterest content that drives a ton of traffic. Like Pinterest in its own right is kind of like a search engine. Um, but if I chime in today, it's probably going to be about more digital PR related stuff. But there can be like a million different ways that you can create even SEO content that isn't just doing it uh, specifically for links, which I find really interesting. But I don't have that kind of like as much of that background. It's mainly in like digital PR. So, But I think that is like a really interesting creative way that you can get links is through doing like creative content.
0: Yeah, for sure. And just off of that, maybe hope you could uh, give us an insight into the opposite of that, the sort of technical bits of it.
3: Yeah, definitely. So I'd say I definitely agree with the uniqueness aspect of things. I think creative content can span so many different areas. And I think it's it's things created with a purpose by writers as well, right? Because lots of different writers across lots of different sectors have different agendas. For example... B2B content might not off the back sound like the most creative thing, but um, if you can manipulate data in a way and show off industry data and industry trends in a way that's unique and it's going to get people into the site, that in itself is creative. In the same way, if you're a journalist writing for SEO, you don't just want to write boring boilerplate content, you know, you want to write stuff that's interesting on trend and hard hitting whilst appealing to Google. So I think creative content always has the user in mind. It always has a purpose in mind. Um, And just because something is written for SEO or based on SEO research or data, there by no means does not mean it's not creative. You know, I think sometimes having data and research to back things up sort of allows you to be more creative in some ways because it allows you to understand what your user wants once um and then tap into that. So that would be my I think it's an extremely broad remit. Um and there's so much we can talk about. But I think anything that's, yeah, that's been created with that purpose in mind and that thought, I think, is creative.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think actually what I'm taking away just from the beginning of this conversation anyway, is that uniqueness. It's that purpose that you were talking about, hope, just the um something that makes your content stand out in a way that is trying to do loads of things at once, right? So appeal to the user, appeal to the search engine. Um, Yeah, it's just appeal to your brand. I also think that's such a weird thing to be able to do three things at once, the brand, the search engine, and uh, be readable and nice for a user. It's almost impossible um, to do all three because as soon as you bring out something new as well, you have that problem of, will google understand what this new concept is um and i suppose f- uh, just for my perspective of where i'd probably fit into any of this um is uh the sort the sort of small sort of coding bits that we can do to to try and make sure um uh content can be machine readable in the most uh in its most basic sense. So using some schema behind the scenes and stuff just to make things um, really readable is always always something that I'm up for talking about. Um, but to get started, I'm going to go in for a little bit of controversy, maybe, um, and we'll go for um, what challenges are there or what challenges have you guys all faced when when trying to write creative content? So this could be working in a team, um, what kinds of things, even just coming up with the content, what's your sort of um what's your biggest pet peeves? So let's go for this first. Um and then we can maybe find some holds to talk about and see if we can we can fix these. So um does anybody have anything hard about creative content for SEO?
1: I think specifically um for creative content for SEO, working from an from an agency background, one challenge is you have your SEO um, client contact wanting one thing, and then the brand side wanting a completely other. So you can create something really creative, something that you know is going to help move the needle, accelerate rankings, etc. But if the brand um, if it doesn't align with with their brand values, then that can be really really difficult. It's about finding creativity that fits um, amongst them both. So that is a definite peeve of mine.
4: I completely agree. Like I think it's so hard to kind of get that like complete marry where the SEO team is telling you you need to focus on a certain thing and then the brand is kind of coming more from a brand perspective. It's just so like hard to marry those things up. But I'm a big believer in that like you can always find a topic that's going to make everyone happy. Um, whether it's using like particular tools to kind of like find out what journalists are talking about, as well as what your brand wants to talk about, as well as what the SEO team is happy with. But I think the main part in that is definitely having like really big communication. So having the SEO team communicating to you what kind of strategy you should be pushing forward with. But then you communicate into the SEO team what the brand wants as well. And then you can like marry it up and have this like beautiful partnership. And I know that doesn't always work in teams. Like I've had that before and it's been like a nightmare when it doesn't work. But I think
2: communication is usually the key with that kind of thing. I also think as well from like an agency standpoint, um pitching and kind of getting brands on board with ideas so they're seeing what their competitors are doing and they want to replicate what their competitors are doing and that creative content and what we said before having that originality and that unique angle if they're just copying what their competitors are doing they're always going to be one step behind rather than one step in front um so I think getting brands on board with content that's going to actually have an impact for them um and kind of almost like handing over the reins because I feel like a lot of business owners especially like it's their baby like they don't want to kind of let go of that control. And so having someone else tell you, like, you need to do this for this result or this impact, they kind of, they struggle a little bit with that. So that pitching element, definitely like being able to sell an idea to a a client and kind of tell them, like, even if results aren't guaranteed, we're going to go for these kind of publications. It's really relevant. This is what Google says. So we know that we're doing something from the right place and we're kind of going in with best intentions, um, but then also being open to changes. So once you've pitched something to a client, if something does change, if like there's maybe something reactive um, happening that is maybe a little bit more aligned with um, the campaign and something needs to change a little bit or new data comes out that would work a lot better, like being able to have that flexibility as well and go to a client and be like, look, we've pitched this idea, but this has happened. So we're going to kind of, you know, veer to the left a little bit and we're going to change the campaign, but we're still going for those same kind of goals um, in the end and wanting that same impact so it's always kind of having that end result in mind and being completely transparent with a client and everyone on the team as well
0: yeah absolutely i also just in that sense of it's always so hard when you pitch something and somebody wants to change it it's that's such a skill that we all need to have is sort of be gracious but also quite strong and and sort of unchanging in a way it's it's the yeah. most annoying part of being that on that edge of creative content and the the data and stuff is actually saying no I I think this is time (laughs) for, for for the creative and the uniqueness part to come through more than that so I really resonate with that
1: I think it's from a digital perspective it's like challenges of creativity is a really interesting topic because throughout the industry we have seen um kind of a decrease in the amount of like hero campaigns or like big really creative juicy awe-inspiring feeling campaigns um, that we used to see and I do think quite a bit of that is because we, we, some of us are desensitized to creativity now you know I could sit on TikTok and see something that blows my mind and then the next second I'm seeing something else and something else and you could ask me what the first video was and I'd have had no idea so I think we we're so exposed to so much creativity that we're becoming a little bit desensitized to it so it'll be interesting to see how as an industry we kind of guide our way out of of this slump of creativity is if everything's creative then what is
2: creative I always say as well it's almost like a little bit of an echo chamber in our industry like you see the same stuff over and over again like someone has like a really successful campaign or like a really good piece of creative content everyone else sees that and they want to then do their own version of that or take like maybe the methodology or some like the way that something's been visualized and kind of put their own spin on it And then someone else has seen that and it's almost like the same stuff being recycled over and over again. And I think looking to other industries and knowing that industry inside of out as well, like your client's industry. So for example, if you've got like um, an auto client looking at what's actually working in that industry and people that are inadvertently doing digital PR without even knowing, like they're just creating really good content that works. Seeing what like people who are really interested in it are actually bothered about like looking at forums looking at reddit like i know like a lot of us do this and kind of like really get in the nitty-gritty of what works for that audience but yeah like not getting lost in just what works in the industry because i feel like it's just it's a it's a vicious cycle
3: Yeah, I'd come straight off the bat what Kirsty said. I think that totally applies to SEO as well. I think there's so much out there, particularly the idea of SEO research that you type in keywords, you see what ranks and you copy what competitors are doing the top five. That one, I mean, you can add some creativity, but if you're not adding that uniqueness, if you're not adding that extra perspective, why should Google rank you? You know, you're not really showing your authority. You're just pulling lots of little bits of information from different sources. How can you structure this blog in a way that's going to add that unique perspective that only your client can do. And as an agency that's communicating with your clients as well, right? That's going, is there any unique insight that we're a writer, but is there any ideas or unique insight that we can put into that? And then, you know, if you come up with something really unique, that's interesting, it can be pushed in other channels, social, digital PR as well. And I think that would probably be my pet peeve with SEO is thinking that SEO is just boilerplate thinking about what competitors have out there as well. If you want to rank the, de- these days, you have to give that unique insight. You have to give that additional thing that competitors aren't doing. Um, but you but you still need to base it on SEO research, right? You still need to know what people are looking for. You still need to know what Google is looking for, but there's definitely a more interesting way than, of doing that than just creating a blog's blog spec that's the same for title tags that competitors have you know it's sort of going forward with things like that so, yeah so I'd completely echo from an, what everyone said from an SEO perspective as well I think it all ties in together and I think that's what Google is really looking for these days in terms of recent algorithm updates and things you know you have to show you're an expert and to do that in yourself you have to have you that unique insight and knowledge and know your client's industry very well
4: I'm gonna yeah, play absolutely devil's advocate here and say that I think it's okay to use similar methodologies and similar formats Um, and there's kind of like three things that I like to mess around with so it's like the methodology, the format and the topic and as long as you're kind of showing a unique insight or changing something in a new and creative way I think that's okay and I think that's how the digital PR industry and SEO as a whole can grow is just bettering the things that are already out there. I think when things get stale is when We start using the same methodology with the same format, with the same topic. And that's when you start to see campaigns kind of like being the same going out again and again. And that's when they're like declining in the way that they work. But if you take a a topic and uh, a format, but you use a new methodology, a new data source that you found, or you've visualized something in a new way or applied it to a new topic, I think there is a lot of creativity to be had. And I think. There isn't as much like the journalists still really care about that kind of stuff that you're pushing. So I know that people have had a lot of um, good kind of report back from journalists from stuff using like TripAdvisor data or Twitter scrape data. That's new, fresh stuff, but applying it to old topics is still okay. And they still see the value in that because it's something new to them and it's showing them new data that they wouldn't normally have.
3: Yeah, I think that's a really, really interesting way of looking at things, actually, because. As I was saying, you know, we still need to do keyword research intent analysis. So it fits in with SEO as well. You know, you still need to know what Google's looking for. If you go too off the wall, uh, it's not going to rank, right? If it's not what Google wants and it's not what Google thinks users want, want, it isn't going to rank. So it's incorporating the uh, research, your data, your methodology with that sort of overlying creativity thinking about how maybe you could add a few extra sections in, or could you add in some extra content? Could you link to your service page in a more interesting way? You know, I think – we, we still need to follow methodologies. We still need to follow best practices, obviously, in particularly in SEO. But yeah, it's about feeding in those additional bits of creativity and just showing, for SEO, it's showing you're an expert, right? Um, so it's adding that little bit extra that's going to show you're an expert. And whether that's you write quite a similar blog to other people, but you have an author page that links on all the other expertise you have in that topic area. So you show you're really an industry expert whilst writing something that's maybe been said before but you're doing it in a slightly different way and you're showing google i'm the best person to speak about this even though people have talked about it before because look at everything else that i've written so i'm the industry expert that everyone should be looking for and i think you know there's so many elements that come down to it but yeah i think that's a really interesting way to look at it i I like that (laughs) as
1: the wonderful lauren hill says like there's not a thing new under the sun and it's so true and i think as as PRs especially, we really make a rod for our own backs. We always think we've got a we can't do a map because everybody else is doing a map. Well just do a map that other people haven't done. You can there are so many different ways you can find the creativity just as Iona said. Like I remember personally working on an account that expected this a huge amount of creativity from us. And because of that, we left so many incredible campaign ideas just on the cutting room floor um, because we kept trying to push ourselves to be creative. And a lot of stuff just fell flat and it ties back to that desensitised, journalists being desensitised to certain campaigns. Then they went to a different agency. They created stuff which wasn't as creative, but it was getting some incredible links. It was, do, it was performing so, so well. So I think when we go into things, trying to be more creative than the other person. We've setting ourselves up to fail anyway.
0: sure. Oh, yeah. So I think, I mean, there was loads taken take in there and and I really, really loved um hearing you divide it up into methodology topic format. Actually for me, if someone coming at it from um I'm not in, in digital PR or anything, but I can really see how that kind of strategy is it works and it can be recycled and uh still brought new I think that's a really cool way to look at it um uh it, on off the back of that um I'd probably add in timing almost in a, in a way because like what we seems to be what we're like even if you you do get um, that sweet spot of oh, it's a creative thing, you've you've got the trends going for you, all of the data's there. But even if you you've just published yours just a little bit later than the next person, it's it's like timing and luck um, a lot of the time. So I think I'm not sure if you guys have experienced this before. But I know I have of when I post something that I assume is gonna do really well because, oh yeah, other people are talking about it. Um, I've added in my nice little images. I feel great about you know it fitting into my like bigger strategy of, of things I've been writing up before. And it absolutely flops. And I just think maybe we should touch a little bit on like the struggles that we go through with as creative marketers and stuff like this um, of uh, when that happens or why that's happened to you guys before. If you've noticed a pattern on on why that's happened, that might be useful to go into for people trying to avoid some mistakes that we may have made in the past. So uh, I don't know if anybody has, has something to chime in with there.
4: I think it's very, very common in digital PR for everyone to be kind of ideating around the same things. I remember when I did a campaign that was based on the most common dreams and I was like, this is so unique. The data is amazing. Like we got it all sorted. I was so excited to send it out. And we realized that an agency had sent like the same thing, but with different data. We had kind of different methodologies out at the same time. And it just became like a little bit of a competition. I think in digital PR we're looking at trends we're looking at things that people are talking about in the news like it's impossible to not have that crossover like unless everyone knew whatever other digital PR agency was doing it's just going to happen and you're just going to have to have faith that your content is better than everyone else's content out there as it should be if you're putting out that you should think it's going to absolutely wipe the floor with every other agency hopefully everyone has that confidence but I think it happens much more with reactive as well but it's kind of more normalized with reactive because if everyone knows that there's this um like talk that Rishi's going to do and he's going to talk about the cost of living crisis and then everyone's got their personal finance clients like on tap for expert commentary journalists in the personal finance space are literally getting like 50 expert commentary press releases in that next 10 minutes from the second that that press conference ends like there's just so much competition mm-hmm. I think you've just got to add as much value as you can in reactive stuff as quickly as possible. Hero campaigns, sometimes it's not about the speed with it. Like I've seen Bridgerton stuff get picked up a year after it came out, even when the second one wasn't even like necessarily on the horizon. I think it's just about creating the best content that you can. If you've got two hero campaigns going against each other, the one that's got the stronger methodology, that has the better data, that has the strongest story is the one that's going to get picked up
1: absolutely I think sometimes ju- when that happens you've got to kind of fall back and rely a bit on the strength of the brand you're working for as well like their unique point of view um that's something I'm going to pass the mic like, over to the fantastic Kirsty now that we're on the topic of reactives that's something that Kirstie I've seen Kirsty do really really well for like very very niche brands because they have a unique point of view they're the ones who you know get all of this all these juicy results because nobody else can touch them in terms of data i don't know if you want to shout out those uh <laughs> <losing> to,
2: <laughs> yeah um i mean previously worked with uh the source supplier at rise um and they we were really really lucky with them because not only were they sort of like the only ones in their space like their very niche space like affiliate sneaker brand basically um, but there wasn't really anyone else doing the same thing that they were so we were looking for celebrity trends we knew that worked really really well and so we were jumping on that straight away and like if there was something in pop culture or anything like that happening we, we were kind of the first ones on that for their niche um but it worked really well with the journalists like they loved it like we had things like netflix tweeted about it and it just did really really well and from a brand visibility perspective it was so so good for them we ended up having like um journalists come to us in the end for stats on certain things, um, just because they knew that our brand that we were working with was kind of like almost associated with these trends then. Um so I think being able to work fast in that sense um, and look at things, I guess that's a different way of looking at things creatively because it's reactive. So people don't really think like reactive and creativity go together, but doing something in a little bit of a different way and not just commenting on like sneaker trends like us oh, Nike better than Adidas like that's sort of like what people would expect to come from a brand like that. But actually like tying into pop culture, what people are talking about at the moment and inserting the brand into that just works really, really well. Um, But another thing that I was going to say um, is also that don't get lost in the SEO side of things. So when you're kind of ideating or you're putting a piece of content out, Don't just think like it needs to get results. Um, in X amount of days, it needs to get these amount of results. Like if it doesn't get something straight away, then it's a failure. Like, that's not true. I think if you're always creating content with your audience first, um you can have it's a it's good to fall back on that then. Like, even if you don't, from my perspective, like get links for something, if you know that your audience resonates with that and people are actually reading it and it is helpful, then it's a success in my eyes. I know clients and agencies, they have a bit of a thing at the moment where it's all about links and link numbers and you need to get x amount of links that are you know DA or DR above I don't know 50 or whatever um but if you're getting relevant coverage like just one piece that could be worth a lot more than really really irrelevant links or you know someone's post on social media like if you get that one relevant one it's really really strong um and Equally, if you get something on social media and it does really, really well and it doesn't get any links, you're still building that brand um, and people are seeing your brand name. And I think people, I don't know the psychology behind it, but I'm pretty sure if people see your brand, I know it works with journalists this way. If they see your brand and they know they've worked with you before and they know you offer good insights and you're going in with the same story as another brand that they don't really know, then they're going to pick the one that they prefer and that's going to be your brand because they trust your brand. They know your brand is an expert and they have authority in that area. Um, so yeah, I think it works that way for that sort of thing as well.
3: I think coming on from what Kirsty said in an SEO perspective as well, so completely on the other side, if you're writing evergreen content, there's no reason why you can't update it. It's not a one and done, right? You're not publishing it on the SERP, getting your first published date in there, make sure you get your date stamps in there. They're really important um, for any brands that don't have them. But you know, if, if it's not going as well as you think it is, or it's a 2022 piece, for example, a best list 2022, can you update that for 2023? If you, if you get your URL slug right, you don't always need to write a whole new article you know just because particularly on an evergreen topic as I'm sure it's slightly different with trending and obviously hugely different with PR but if you're writing those sort of things use what you have and look up what you have on the site existing and how you can optimize and recreate that it's not always about churning out new pieces of content and bloating your site with SEO think about how you can repurpose the content you already have update articles you know if you if you have missed the boat on if you've written a great blog about chat gpt but it's two months old can you update that blog? Can you add more articles in it that, that now include Google's new algorithm updates that include extra advice? Now we know more about it. I think that's the key is you can always move forward and you can always develop and you can always optimize with SEO and SEO comes down to testing at the end of the day. You know, if, if an article's not performing as well as you thought it would originally, what can you do to improve it? It's not just a, oh, we'll put that to the back burner and move on. It's, you know, that's what we try and do with a lot of our clients is It takes less effort as well to update something you already have and utilize people's experience they already have. So that would be from an SEO perspective. If if the article isn't performing well, you've maybe missed the boat. Is there anything you can do to improve that? Um, And I guess a lot of SEO success falls down in evergreen anyway, right? If you're going to get that long-term traffic growth, you want that evergreen stuff. I know working with journalists in the past, there's a big thing of writing on the site, and obviously you want new content. You want to be hitting trends. You want to be doing all that, and that sends seo traffic like this to journalist sites where the, if you want to see standard continual growth you want to invest in those evergreen pieces that don't have that timely trending element to them you know that are relevant in five ten years time with small updates and that's how you really build up baseline traffic so if you have missed the boat on topics and things don't panic because there will a hundred percent be something else you can write about and other things that you can do to optimize your site um so yeah from the completely different seo perspective i think you know uh, in some ways, it's you don't always miss the boat, even if you think you are.
0: No, I absolutely agree with that. I think it's also uh, maybe we're falling into a little bit of that trap of thinking SEO and digital PR is that completely different. Because even for, from my perspective, because um, I'm, I'm working a lot in, with entity SEO. And for anybody that doesn't really know what that means, it's, it's more on the content side and how Google is um, understanding and interpreting um, text and actually just like um Kirsty was saying, just actually talking meaningfully with your user first is SEO. It's still the same. It's not like one is, mm-hmm. you know, when we're doing digital PR, that's completely even if you haven't focused on any tech sort of sides, the fact that you're being meaningful is something that Google's really looking for, right? That's exactly what Hope was trying to say. And and um yeah so maybe we should be framing it as like I, I don't know if you guys think maybe maybe we're thinking about these two roles so separately when actually i'm just seeing nothing
1: but mm-hmm. mm. absolutely i think it's even interesting what kirstie um said about like getting more than just links those brand mentions those um those campaigns going across social media for example we know that 82 percent of searchers I don't know I don't, any other better term than searchers, will choose a result in the serve that they recognize. So these brand awareness building pieces, these unlinked brand mentions that many um, agencies don't even report on because we just focus on link KPIs, these all have really granular um, benefits for SEO. So we need to be looking at our role as digital PR bleeding into the SEO more definitely.
3: Yeah, I think a cross-channel approach is the most important thing and is what I see the most success in. If you can also, if there's things your client wants to focus on from a brand and SEO perspective, if you're writing about, if you're writing a few explainer pieces about SEO, how can you tie that to your PR work that then gives links to the SEO pieces that you want to do really well? You know, as you were saying, Armani, it's two sides of the same coin. It's, you know, and I think departments and we see the most success of everyone working together, pushing pushing the client's goals, pushing the business goals. And at the end of the day, that's where we'll see the most SEO success as well. And in terms of brand mentions and social shares, I know if something's shared a lot on social media, if it has success in other channels, it will rank better in SEO as well. You know, these are all different ranking factors. So they all feed into each other. And brand awareness, if you see a lot of stuff on social media, if you see a lot of in in the news about a certain brand, you're more likely to click on it in the search. You were saying the psychology behind it as well. So yeah, completely agree. I think that's a really, really interesting, good angle to bring up and it's really important as well that agencies don't become siloed in the way that they, they look at these. things.
2: Um, as well with kind of getting the teams to work together um, especially kind of tech SEO um, and digital PR I know one of the things you reminded me there when you said hope about you know repurposing old content and updating it looking at the stuff that maybe hasn't done as well as you wanted it to but seeing what people are searching for when they're visiting that page um, and seeing if your content actually fulfills what they're looking for. Like, are they finding the answers to what they need? If not, can you update that? And then also, if there are a lot of searches for that, and people are really looking for these answers, can you then outreach that as a piece in itself? Is that going to inspire a digital PR campaign or reactive or something off that? You know, that that data because you've got that there to back that up. So if a client is asking, you know, why do you want to do this, you can say people are searching for this, and we're not actually giving them what they want at the moment, but you are you know an authority in this so you should be kind of offering your expertise on this um so yeah i think the teams can definitely help each other a lot and i think it's so important that we work together definitely like i think if we work separately then it's just it it will work but it won't work as well and i think what clients want it's just so so important that we work together and we kind of help each other we're not kind of against each other and we're not Mm -hmm working for a client, but not really working together. We are literally like the work we do impacts each other. So
1: why not actually communicate about that? 100%. i think when you work more holistically you work more effectively um and at a time where all the brands are wanting to protect their budget it's it's like a no-brainer to be speaking for a pr to speak to the content team see what they've got coming up outreach that content get the links back to so the contents then ranking higher everybody wins um so it is so important that like we don't all become siloed in mm-hmm. our specialism especially when working in an agency
3: Yeah. One thing that, that we do as well, um, is sort of link profile audits, bank, backlinks audits, which is another way where obviously SEO ties in hugely to digital PR, understanding backlink profiles from a spam perspective, from a value perspective. Obviously, that's something that's done hugely in digital PR, but I think it's something that's essential for SEOs to stand to understand as well. You need to understand the backlinks and the links to your content and your site as a whole to see how successful it can be, what niches that you can rank well on. What what have you written about before that's done really well that you could, again, as Jeannie was saying, build that entity around your, your content. And yeah, with updates like Google spam update, obviously looking more at sort of backlink profiles, all of that sort of thing. I think it would be, silly to overlook that as SEOs, the importance of a backlink profile and having a real understanding of that and therefore working with the digital PR team is there from more of a technical perspective as well, not just um, sort of building the creative campaigns, which get the juicy links in. It's looking mm. at what you have already and, and understanding that I think is also important.
0: It's awesome. So I think we've sort of been um, talking around around this a little bit, but I just want to directly ask, how does social media fit into all of this um for you guys into creative content? Is it do you see it as the same kind of thing? It's the same channels. You no, know, Iona was saying it's something about Pinterest early on, um, and how that's effectively a search engine in itself. Like, um, how would you bring social media into um that your kinds of strategies?
2: I think making sure that there's always a social element to a campaign, even if you don't actually plan to put it on social media, having the knowledge that it will do well on social media, it will be something that people would, would want to share. Um, making sure you have like the little shareable image for Twitter as well, like that sort of thing. Like if someone sees a link on Twitter and it hasn't got an image with it, they're less likely to click on it. If it's got like a little, I don't even know what it's called. like <laughs> But <laughs> that thing, you know, if if someone sees it, they're gonna want to click on it. That's that's helping that shareability. That's then in turn helping that brand awareness. And it's sort of like snowballs from there. Um, but also when you're ideating just making sure that you come up with something that you're making sure has shareable images shareable images with it so for the design team especially like making sure there's those little like um cute almost shareable images so not like the really long ones are going to get cut off by social media platforms um but then also making sure that there's something that the audience wants to interact with so if you've got say something that could even be turned into a little bit of competition or a hashtag thing and just making sure to kind of bring that into the strategy side of things and the ideation side of things and then nurture it through the actual campaign production side Um, and then by the time your campaign is live you have so much then to do with it even if you then just pass that over to the client you can say you can do paid ads for this and like get it out there to like you know the audience that you really really want to target with this or you have like certain stats that really tie in with a certain day that's coming up, and your client can then share that on social media and they're getting the attention that way. Um, so there's loads of little ways to do it, and it just really depends on the industry and the kind of the kind of campaign that it is in itself. Um, again, with video as well, not only do journalists love it, but it works really well on social media. TikTok is obviously like such a, a massive platform now. YouTube is probably the most visited one in Europe. I know that, like, I think I don't know if it's the world, but I definitely think it's Europe. Um, It's, you know, still ahead of TikTok, it's still ahead of Twitter and Instagram. Um, So even creating these YouTube shots now where you can just give quick snippets to your audience, get that content across, um, but also have that on your website as well. So making sure it's kind of like standard across all of them. the last thing you want is to have loads and loads of content to shareable things, but none of that is actually on the site because people are going to visit that and be like, "Well, where is any of the stuff that I've just seen? Where I've clicked through and
1: can't find any of it anywhere?" Yeah, sure, yeah. For sure. I doubt we'll even scratch the surface of how integral social media is. Uh, with time <laughs> left, I think specifically for di- digital PR, there are so many different ways. Um, this the execution way so we have campaigns that are based all around instagram or tiktok tiktok's most popular x instagram's most popular etc you know they also lead to inspiration so TikTok trends specifically for like faster moving brands like fashion or beauty um, and then you've also got it like from a strategic point of view so we know that journalists are KPI'd on engagement so we know if we create a story that they'll be able to share on Facebook and then Sandra from down the road is commenting in, tagging somebody she knows in it like that's all of these different factors come into play like it is so so important I think we need as PRs, it's so important we get a real grasp of how it works and how those different layers work as well I think I think think, oh go ahead ahead. I
4: think um something as well to keep in mind like something that you said Kirsty about the assets making sure they're really really shareable so your thing that you create on your blog and then you outreach it to journalists it's not ever going to sit just on publications it's not ever just going to sit on your blog it's going to start being populated around different areas so it might appear on reddit it'll be on tiktok someone will make a video of it on instagram stories whatever it might be you need to make sure those assets are going to be taken as you intend them to be taken if that makes sense so for example making sure that on the asset you've got enough content um you're giving a little bit of information about the campaign you're showing like a little snippet of the methodology you're making sure everything's super super clear especially with data campaigns you don't want it to end up appearing on reddit and then people taking it out of context because you haven't put enough uh, information on the assets you need to create your assets as if they're going to appear in the most like random back-end parts of like the internet and that people can still take value from what you've created if someone takes it from your blog and you haven't put enough context, and then it appears on Instagram, people be like, I don't actually know what this is, this isn't helpful. But adding context around it makes it more and more shareable for people.
3: I think off the back of that as well, you know, from a technical standpoint, making sure you've got your social posting schema markup in there, again, making sure you're linking out to assets properly, that people can understand that on your site as well, validate your Twitter cards, all of that sort of stuff from a from a technical perspective, is really important. And as we were saying earlier, you know, SEO success comes from many different channels. It's not just about optimizing an article for SEO. There's so many other factors. So yeah, social media is really important. As Omani said, we're only going to touch the surface. But a technical tip would be. Uh, making sure, you know, you've got your schema markup in there. Everything's shareable. Everyone's, everything's linking to the right place. Um, in terms of, you know, YouTube as well, there's lots you can do f- to optimize videos for YouTube SEO. You know, YouTube is a search engine at the end of the day, the same way Google is. So optimizing your videos, getting your descriptions right, um, doing some keyword research, understanding what your, what your audience are looking for, optimizing your titles um, getting your images right when people click through, you know, it's, it's all really important. There's so many different things that you, that you can consider, but from a technical standpoint, yeah, making sure it's shareable is very important.
0: Yeah, for sure. And also I think, um, just going off of that, uh, even just tackling every single angle, like, uh, for, uh, consistently and having, having a, a good Twitter profile, having all of these things as a brand is inherently SEO related as well it's technical in itself because it's you know you're you can't escape that brand name you can't escape the fact that they're active on all of these different platforms and that that matters uh to google Like hope was saying you know can you update these things is it something that's proving that you're constantly reflecting on on your authority and and what that means and it kind of doesn't matter which which channel I mean it probably does matter which channel you go for but the fact that you're going for all of them at once is um yeah I think from an entity perspective as well it's just going to um help you with that I think we have um about 15 minutes left but um I want to really really quickly um just see your guys' opinions on ai in creative content so i had this kind of idea going into it thinking you know is ai as all this chat gpt stuff is it inherently not not creative because what we started off with was what is creative content it's unique it has purpose it has this we're not but then we sort of evolved in saying you know it can be repurposed stuff so where are you guys sitting on this sort of ai whole thing and if we can link it back to seo if we can link it back to yeah. to, to your experiences that'd be great yeah so to so sort of come straight in from a direct seo perspective i suppose
3: you know ai is machine learning right it's not it's not actual ai so it's just taking lots of bits of content from different places which in ourselves is right as we do um but I always think it needs that human touch. You know, Google's algorithms is getting to the point where it will understand that all this content has come from different places. You know, it's valuable as a tool. If you need help understanding your structure, if you need help coming up with new ideas, you know, AI could find a source on the Internet that, you know, that you that you're not, especially if you're an agency writer and you don't know the industry inside and out, it can be really useful But I think the true creativity comes from adding that uniqueness and in itself, AI isn't unique because it's pulling things from all over the website. So it's a great tool. From my experience, I think it's good for a first starting point, particularly for writers. And if you want to understand an industry better. But you should always be writing these things yourself and adding that human creativeness and that's what i've seen the best successes with in terms of seo i know a lot of websites have gone straight off the bat adding loads of content onto their websites using ai there has been some success to start off with but actually from looking at case studies that started to drop off now because google's getting wise to it and if you just spam your con your website with loads and loads of new content. Google's not going to see that as creative because it's, it knows that that also isn't sustainable as well. So I think, you know, as I said, it's a tool, but I think true creativity comes from adding that that human touch. Um, but I'm super interested to see the PR's experience because I don't know how much AI sort of ties into that as well.
4: A hundred percent. So I think it is literally a tool. Like it's not a be all or end all at all. You can't put half the stuff that we do in digital PR and it's going to come out with like the perfect answer. And I know people have tried. I've seen like a lot on Twitter of what people have like put in and it's come up with like good subject lines or it's come up with blah, blah, blah. But you could have done that in your own time. You don't need AI to tell you how to write a subject line. If you've worked in PR for at least a year, you know your project more inside and out than an AI ever will to write a subject line. And similarly for like ideation, some of the stuff I've seen AI kick out with ideation is just horrendous. Like I think I put in, I was trying to test it out and obviously there's ways that you can make sure it refines the ideas or refines what you're trying to do but if you have to put in like an hour of refinement to get what you want out of it you might as well have just done it yourself like we're not at that point yet but with the ideas i was trying to find like oh give me some ideas for this fast fashion brand and it came up with stuff like oh this fast fashion brand will focus on sustainability and create a report it's like no we know the brand and we know that that's not okay to do if you're a fast fashion brand so it's got like hope said that human element you know the brand you know, what you want to create. AI is literally just like spewing out stuff that it's taken from somewhere else. It's always going to fail at that human touch, like 100%. I don't care how far AI goes. I just got this feeling that it's always going to fail at that human touch. And it's fine as a tool. You can put in like, help me with ideation for this particular thing. I want concepts. I want creative content ideas, PR ideas. And it'll come up with some stuff that might kick something off in your head and be like, okay, yeah, I can work on this. But at the moment, as it stands, it's not going to give you what you need. And a lot of the time, I think we fall into the pitfall of potentially AIs making it take longer for you when you should have just been doing your own research about stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, um, similar to you, actually, I know, with um, testing it with different ideation cues, I remember seeing Journey further share on LinkedIn that they'd asked AI to give an AI a few digital PR briefs, sent them to journalists, um, see what they're thinking, like, I personally don't think any of those ideas would have made it past the ideation stage anyway. It'd be kind of like, "What are you thinking?" And um, so it's really interesting to see that because creativity is just such an like it, untangible feeling and something that you know you, you possess yourself. That these computers are still way off ever cracking it, which is good because it keeps us all the jobs for now.
4: <laughs> yeah. I think like it does come up with some stuff that you can class as a digital PR campaign and say, yeah, mm-hmm. we could make that and potentially it'll get links. But the whole point of our job is to find the next new format, the yeah. next new thing that adds value. We don't want to just be doing the thing that you know, like anyone could have thought of. It wants to be the mm-hmm. thing that you could think of because you've got the expertise in digital PR, you know what journalists want. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm fifty fifty with AI at the moment.
1: Yeah, and more importantly, like, you know what other humans want to read. And I think that is that is really key as well. I
2: love AI. So I think it's really fun. I love playing around with it. Um, I'm loving all the developments and I feel like it's just like snowballing at the moment, um, which is great for me because I love it. Um, but in terms of digital PR especially, I think it is rubbish. Um, so coming up with ideas, rubbish. Uh, it's good for a starting point if you do not know your client's industry um, and you really need some basic pointers for kind of what it is or you know what is kind of going on in that industry um obviously with chat gbt it's outdated anyway so you're not really going to get anything that's reactive or relevant at the moment but if you maybe have something seasonal that repeats every year it could help you there um but for the most part like chat gbt i feel is the better one but outdated um so yeah ideation not really good but i think reverse engineering things um and kind of giving it um so what i've done before is give it data that i've not really known the kind of pattern with or the trend with and i've gone okay here's like the data that i have pull out a trend like give me a little bit of context behind it and it's kind of pulled out different angles that i wouldn't have then thought of but i've given it the data that i've collected from a data set that i've kind of found um, and it's really helped me kind of pull out something that I was a bit blind to because I've been so in that data that I've kind of, you know, when you've kind of like spent so long looking at something that you can't really see anything new about it, it's good for that type of thing. Um, and also with sentiment and things like that, because it knows how words kind of go together in that sentence. If you're doing a campaign that needs a little bit of sentiment analysis, it's really good in terms of that. Um, but it is lacking a lot of things, but I do think there are developments kind of on the horizon that will help with that. Um and also interestingly, um, the other day with the new Bing one that they've released and they're kind of like slowly rolling out, um, I actually asked it a few questions and it returned one of my campaigns to me for um a client, Angelic Diamonds, that evolved, and it gave me like the kind of study and it broke it down as an answer. Um, but interestingly, it did not link. You know how it gives the citations? It didn't link to the client, it linked to the news sources that reported on that. Campaign. So I was kind of like, oh, that's a little bit weird, but it's really good if you're trying to find out if there's any campaigns kind of out there that are similar to something that you're thinking and you kind of ask a question around that, it's good to see kind of what comes up that you maybe wouldn't have found, but it's thinking is really, really good and succinct to answering that question. Um. So yeah, I think there's a lot to play around with, with AI, <laughs> Um. but it's not a very strong yeah. tool to rely on.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's really cool here to sort of make the distinction of actually what we might be landing on is it's enhancing our our own creativity as opposed yeah. to being creative for us and i think like Armani said that's what's keeping everyone in the jobs this is like it can't quite get that human touch it's it's better yeah. it's always going to be better if you give it that springboard of your own crea- creativity but i really love the idea that you can just put things in and and get a new perspective on it as well because yeah that is literally just enhancing your own creativity
2: yeah, um, I know I want someone to create um, a kind of new AI model that is for digital PRs um, or like the SEO industry. So I want someone to basically, I know like ChatGPT is based on old Reddit data and that sort of thing, and it's kind of scraped all of that. I want someone to go through like industry-wise for clients, just scrape all these sort of forums, and then you can just ask it questions. It'll be like the like the kind of the the, like an embodiment basically of like an expert in that field so say you've got like a jewelry client like you will have someone that is obsessed with jewelry then but it's not it's ai but you can ask them anything they'll pull out things that people have <sighs> yeah. been talking about in reddit and all these forums like what do they care about the most and this ai thing will kind of give you loads of answers that will just give you like the most important things like i want someone to create that but i don't think of the <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'll do it <laughs>
0: Well, on that amazing note, I think uh, we'll go around and give everyone the opportunity to do a sort of closing comment or um, a top tip, maybe words of wisdom we can sort of take away. And then I'll bring David in just to give us a little insight into um, what next month's uh, podcast is all going to be about. So, Armani, if you want to start and then we'll can go. Can you come and- back to me. Me,
1: let me? Let me marinate. Till yeah, the of spring. course, of course. <laughs> I
0: can go. I feel, feel like out of this, just I would go for my one would be um, the thing that I've taken away from this or that I would try and give as a word of wisdom would be that SEO and digital PR really isn't, after talking to you guys, there's so much overlap there and the conflict that we were sort of talking about at the beginning seems like so silly almost because it's we, we both want the same things. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be mine. Um, does anybody else want to chime in? Only if you feel comfortable. I'd say
2: kind of something that we haven't fully touched on but I always say be curious with everything so like my dad's an artist and he always says he's like inspired by life which is like a super cliche thing but it's really really true (laughs) so like as you're going through your day-to-day like just be curious um always ask the stupid questions If you don't know an answer to something, like find out the answer. Like I'm obsessed with etymology. Like I always want to know where words come from. Like the other day I found out that grass snakes like produce a a garlic scented thing from their glands when they're defensive. Like all these random things like in my head, and it's great for a pub quiz, but it's also really good if you do it industry-wise. So if you have a client and you're really, really curious about their industry, you're gonna know what their audience wants to know about as well, and that's something. If you're curious about it, someone else in the world is going to be curious about that as well. So if you create a campaign, there's always going to be at least one person that wants to know what the campaign is and will be really interested in that. So yeah, that's mine. Always be curious and don't always get bogged down with the SEO side of things.
1: Uh, to add to, that, I think. A really good starting point for creativity is just consuming. Um, whether that's you know, going to a museum or going for a nice walk or watching um like a cult classic on TV, looking at other people's campaigns, just consume and absorb and you know, they'll start to whirl around in your brain and then make an oven ready creative concept.
4: I think um but what creative content works best in SEA, a big thing that I'm like a massive believer in is experimentation. So you can look at what's worked well in the past and then take that forward. And that's just going to work well for SEO because you've kind of got that proof. But I think without experimentation, we're never going to find the next best thing. Like the first person to ever do dream job i think it was a travel brand i think it was like an australian travel brand they didn't know what they tapped into at all like they were just doing like some pr marketing campaign they thought it was gonna be great and it worked really really well but because they experimented and decided to like create a job as like more of like a marketing thing rather than just like a normal job it went absolutely mental it went viral and now people copy that literally like what 10 years later maybe more I think experimentation is so, so important. I think it's really hard to do in agencies, but I want to encourage people to experiment as much as possible, like whether it's just them like personally playing about with new content, whether experimentation in kind of like more techie SEO content, or whether it's like doing different kind of formats with digital PR campaigns. I think that's what's going to make us all better PRs at the end of the day. And that's what's kind of going to push our industry forward.
3: Yeah. And I guess mine to finish up would be do your research Understand your clients or your business's market, look at what's out there, but from that, be an expert. So add your unique insight, add your creative insight. And that can be, you know, you have to understand that what's out there to know what's going to rank. That's the key to SEO, right? That underpins SEO content strategy. but. Add that uniqueness, add that insight that only you can as an expert and you will rank even better. The content will be more usable on other channels like PR, like social. If you can add those interesting elements, I think um, you're on for a winner. But if you don't do your research for SEO and you're not underpinning it with data analysis, understanding, you could be just shooting a shot on the dark and creating content that doesn't really have an intent. So
0: that would be sort of the the key for, for me in being creative and back up with data. Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, guys. Um, I really enjoyed hearing all of your perspectives. It was like really educational for me. Um, And yeah, so uh, David, I know you're lurking behind the scenes. If you could come in and let us know a little bit about next month's podcast.
5: Lurking away here. And um, that was a wonderful discussion. And next month's discussion will be on a slightly different date. It's going to be on Thursday the 16th of March at 4pm GMT. We're kind of going to be continuing uh, a similar type of topic. The title of next month's episode is going to be using AI to generate content for SEO. And as we've been having this discussion here, we've confirmed the first guest for that one, uh, who is going to be Julia McCoy from content at scale.ai. So being the first guest, you get the shout out there, Julia. Uh, so that's gonna be a great episode. I'm sure um, um, it's gonna to be tough to beat uh, this month's episode, but that's gonna be a, a, a great one. If you want to be part of the live audience and actually listen to the panel, perhaps even interact live next time, sign up at theknowledgepanelshow.com and that will take you to a page on the inlinks.com website.
0: Brilliant. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, it'll be uh, great to see you guys around soon and everything. So have a good rest of the day.
2: Thanks so much, Jeannie. Thank Thank you you very much, everyone.